Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week one of us is re-watching the film and the other is seeing it for the very first time. Aww. She lost her, she popped her movie cherry. This week, Lindsay popped her movie cherry on The Virgin Suicides. Mm. 2000's The Virgin Suicides by the lovely Sofia Coppola, which mm. I'm sure we'll have a lot to discuss about. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, and we didn't. I didn't pick this movie because it has "virgin" in the title. That's just a happy coincidence. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> really just pathetic. a happy coincidence. Um, I'm not sure if I saw this in the theater, but this feels like some, this is definitely a movie I knew about. So 2000, I it was like May of 2000 when it was released. I would have been, there would have been like right the, the summer of my after my sophomore year of college and I'm pretty sure I saw it and was like yeah this sounds like my jam like I was oh. really interested in it why um I think I just like the vibe like and it's there's something the name obviously is telling you well the name kind of gives it away spoiler alert they're going to commit suicide spoiler alert one of them at least is not a fucking virgin <laughs> exactly so that's a little confusing but I think I <laughs> I saw the preview and I thought this looks like something I could get behind cuz it's an interesting and interesting, I think, I'm not saying there are a lot of things that aren't wrong with this movie. I uh, think there yeah. are a lot of things that are wrong with it. Uh-huh. However, there's something haunting about it and something beautiful about it. And one of those somethings that's beautiful is, is his name is Josh Hartnett. Oh, you know, with that fucking hair. The oh. wig is really bad. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but the music, um, the feeling. It, oh, the it, music that's like all out of time. Supposed to be 1975, and where like half of the songs they were dancing to had not come out yet. Sure, okay, go anyway, on. Anyway, but it is good. It's a great soundtrack. It's a wonderful soundtrack. So I, I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in the theater. I probably rented it or something. Because um, you were you were in college. Yeah, I was in college. But and I knew I knew Kirsten Dunst wasn't really a fan. Like I think uh, I can't even think what I would have seen. Bring like, it on. What, was that what? I'm I, sure you saw Bring It On, right? I must have, but did you watch ER? She was in ER too. She did I feel like, a like long... the Interview with the Vampire movie was the one that I would have. Well, that was their first. Really known her. Or first that I know. Um, of. But I wasn't like I wasn't a fan or anything. No. Um, so I've and I think there was something too about the sisters, sisterhood. Um, just I don't oh, know. That's interesting. I, I'm just saying that's yeah. interesting. Like I don't have a sister, so that, I wouldn't have so thought was about my, that. That was my question for you. But um, do you have a sister? No, <laughs> that was your question. <laughs> Um, I can slap a wig on my brother. Sister, is there somebody like buried in a bunker in your backyard that's like your dad and mom just keep alive? And I mean, not that I'm aware of, because that could took like they spend a lot of time in the backyard. Just saying, they do. They do a lot of gardening. I feel like I would have known a lot known, of gardening, but I feel like I would have known had they dug her up when we moved from Chesterfield. 
But maybe it happened after you moved from Chesterfield. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you moved from Chesterfield because of this. So they left her behind, did they? They were looking for a place that would be have a suitable yard in which to place a bunker. And... I like to think that if there was another one of us... I was about to say something really dickish, <laughs> but... I would have hoped that they would have buried the brother <laughs> instead in the bunker. It's okay. He doesn't listen to this. It's I'm fine. sure. Um, sorry, Chris, if you're listening. Um... So so something about sisterhood, and then I think it just really kind of stuck with me. I've seen it maybe twice since I saw it the first time. Um, And I think the big question for me is why they do it. And that is Mm -hmm. a little bit of a plot hole, I think, or Mm -hmm. maybe the biggest plot hole, but also something that keeps me wanting to figure that out. Like, I keep watching it to try to figure out what the fuck is... That's... That's... I think yeah, and I, and I have lots of other things to say about the narration and like all of it. <laughs> did you figure out who was narrating? Did no. You, did you put it together? I didn't put it together. I was really thinking about it last night because I never thought about it before last night. And I was like, "Who is it? I, I know that it, voice." Oh no, no. You don't know who it is? No. Who is it's it? Giovanni Ribisi. Is it? Yes, I recognize yes. the voice, but no, I didn't even think about it actually. Um, I I thought you meant the character. I still don't know who the character was. Who was narrating. one of the one of the miscellaneous I know it was boys? One of them, but yeah, but like, you don't know which one, right? It's really fucking annoying, um, and I don't mean annoying in like a mysterious way. I mean just annoying. There's something horrific and haunted about it. There's something that also kind of feels like an urban legend. I can see, I can see where Sofia Coppola was going with this, and I know this is based off a book. I've never read the book, so maybe the book feels completely different. Mm-hmm. But there's something about, so there's something to that, that they're, they're these girls and they're being watched by these boys. And even at the very end, when little Chase, with the deep voice, but who looks like he's about 12, is saying, oh, these girls are just making me crazy. And then he's bumping into, like, her body hanging mm-hmm. over him. Like, that they're this something to be watched and something to entertain. Not just them, but the entire fucking neighborhood. Maybe, potentially, the entire town there of gross point or mission or detroit or whatever because the media is showing up and making it i I don't know there's something to that i i do think there's something to that i didn't get it from this movie that Mm. was my problem is i feel like they don't hit home on that i yeah i that was what I, i was very confused as to what this movie was trying to do are you yes are you telling me this is all from the boy's point of view, which I thought that maybe that I haven't read the book either. Um, but I thought that the, the book, too, I believe is. is from the boy's yeah, point of view. Yeah, it's framed by that. So yeah. I think had the film been strictly from the boy's point of view as well, I think we would have gotten more of that. We really don't know what happened to these girls. And they are real life people who we're only seeing through the lens of little boys mm-hmm. because there are small moments of that but then all of a sudden that disappears and we're just seeing the girls with their family or we're just seeing right. uh lux with uh her new boyfriend trip. and trip fontaine let's trip see. fucking fontaine stupid ass name is he a game show host <laughs> anyway was the 70s anyway i feel like the the point of view shifted so much that i couldn't get a feel for what was seen through the lens of different people versus what was actually really happening. So what I was left with wasn't a thought of, oh, well, these boys just didn't know what was actually going on and wouldn't it be interesting for me to know what was really going on. What I got instead was I don't know what was really going on and I also don't fucking care because I don't feel like, like I feel like I was shown the girls but not enough to actually connect with any of them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't really all. So when I see that they killed themselves, all I can think is, well, that was dumb because I don't have any reason to sympathize right. with them or empathize with them or know what they were thinking in any way. And I think, again, had it been a totally different film just from the boy's perspective, would, I would have gotten that. Right. I would have known. Like they would have made it. Well, I think I they would do have try known, to make that clear. Know. It's just because, like you said, they shift the perspective right, exactly. enough to make it th- seem like, oh, now we're with the omniscient person. Yes. Now, from the omniscient viewpoint, and now we're with the boys and it's the I think you also there's something in that point that you were just making too about the girls uh so Cecilia is a very distinct personality in the group and Lux is a very distinct personality in the group Mm -hmm. but Mary and Therese and what's the other one's name Bonnie all kind of like I don't even know which one is which I can I, I I can tell you which is which and like AJ Cook is playing Mary and I know her I mean I know AJ Cook but I couldn't have right. told you that she was Mary because um, well, they all flow I, together Bonnie is apparently I didn't realize this till last night is Dominique Swain's sister oh. and that would explain why she seems familiar to me because yeah. I remember Dominique Swain remember Lolita yeah. yeah yeah I never watched it um I did it was all right but I guess so yeah so I don't think they did a good job of making them distinct characters mm-hmm. mom and dad were interesting I thought Mr. and Mrs. Lisbon yeah I guess that comes back also to the the kind of shifting point of view right I did want more of them but then of course we'd be completely taken out of it and given back to these young boys who frankly I didn't really care about unless you were actually going to make it all about mm-hmm. what they the the part where they got the diary and they were talking like it was almost interesting it could have gone somewhere interesting Mm -hmm. but then they read a couple of little things and then the voiceover says you know we were seeing into the world of these girls and 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 they were so sheltered and we had no idea what girls were like and making up their and nothing that you read or showed me in that diary Mm -hmm. made me think that that was the case at all so it just felt very it felt very lazy it felt like very lazy storytelling to me frankly i i i i think the the thing too about it that I guess kind of grosses me out, and I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this is the point that Sofia Coppola is trying to make because the book's written by a guy. I was wondering about that too. Is that because? And the reason I was wondering about that is because there were aspects when the narrator is talking that made me think like boys don't fucking know girls. Yes, and which we all know is true in the same way that girls don't know boys. Right. Sure, but the couple of snippets of that happening, I had that thought of. I wonder if the book is supposed to be that way mm-hmm. in that, you know, here is a story about these young women told from the perspective of someone who had no clue what was going on right. in their lives and couldn't possibly understand anything about them. So I got that that was probably where it was supposed to go. The movie didn't go there, right. which is what kind of irritated me. And there's there's something about these young women who are like, like they're somehow a mystery, like they're a mystery to the boys and they're um their parents are but then one of them is elected homecoming queen i know it doesn't it's so it's so bizarre it's so confusing but that they're this the guys like like the scene and is it just are they mysterious because they're young pretty blondes is that the whole point like i don't i don't i or that they're so sheltered i can't fully understand it so when you don't really see i know i keep interrupting you but but i feel like you don't really see them being sheltered until they say and even then they say that their mom locked them in but like you have this whole movie to show me them being sheltered and the most I got out of them being sheltered was their dad saying that they're not allowed to to date basically right. they're not allowed to the go taming out. of the shrew slash 10 right. things I hate about you the fa- yes exactly the fact that 
they were all wearing homemade dresses of the same fabric. And then later you again telling me that mm-hmm. they were locked down. But they all seemed really happy. They were out and about all the time, like dancing out of doors and, and shit. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know if that's a, an error again in the mm-hmm. storytelling of the movie or if it was supposed to be like the boys just saw them as being happy. But it didn't come across as it should have is I, I guess how I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess there's something about, like, like that. so when Mr. Lisbon invites one young boy from one of his math classes to dinner, mm-hmm. and he goes into the bathroom, and it's Cecilia's bathroom, and he's, so like, sniffing weird. the lipstick, which, oh, who does I'm that? I'm sorry. Aside from that, who invites a teenage boy into their house and then tells them to go use their teenage daughter's bathroom? Right, yes. Um, and I that's thought, really the only bathroom in the house that works. And I, so, so he's, he's like, they're mysterious. Like, who are they? And now I'm in their mm. bathroom and I open the cabinet and there's tampons. And there so it is. Many. Square in my eye. They menstruate. Whoa. And my mm. young male brain can't handle it all. And then a girl comes in and I don't even know what to do. I just stand there like a deer at headlights yeah. until she tells me to leave. I just, there was a lot of that, a lot of that. And I didn't, I but didn't you want? I did. I, I, I wanted. Under, I wanted to understand why. Because yes, to see them out when they do get to go to the homecoming dance, they're just behaving like normal fucking girls. There's no mystery about mystery about it. And I guess that's the part of that I am trying. That is maybe one of the things that I didn't fully. But I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing that I just want to know is why. Like I know Cecilia tried to kill herself, and Cecilia. Okay, let's talk about Cecilia. She's a sensitive soul. She's a sensitive person. And I think she looks at the world and she's like, this is all bullshit. Like, she's trying to tell her mom about the endangered species. And her mom's like, yeah, honey, okay. And she's the youngest in this family. And I think her sisters understand her. But maybe they don't because... I have no way of knowing if her sisters did. They never said anything that made me think they understood her. So what was your take on the scene that they had, like... First of all, again, who tells them that they should have more boys over to hang out with the girls or get the girls out more? Oh, it was Danny DeVito, the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist. Yes, I forgot. How much do he, you He, like, want showed her a few ink blots and decided she needed to socialize more with boys, right. I guess. Uh, I would take a Rorschach test from Danny DeVito. Um, I would, too. But, but I wouldn't trust anything he <laughs> really, said. Really, I want it from Frank Frank Reynolds. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he would probably give you it the would test, be like, if and it then he would tell you it's bullshit. If everything doesn't look like cock and balls, he'd be like, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> so he's, t- he's locked sa- up in an asylum He's with saying a Cecilia is a young woman, Thomas. and she's trying to figure out her sexuality or whatever, so you need to have her around boys. So they have this party, mm-hmm. and then the, the, the kid comes. Is he like, does he have Down syndrome mm-hmm. or something? And what was his name? I don't remember. But he was um, apparently Joe, Joe. popular. They Everybody loved him. But were they... I, just, I I got I the could, feeling, and I don't know. That they're just nice kids, and they're trying to make them feel... Like- right, but I, I didn't know if... She seemed like she wanted to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell if she was upset because everybody else kind of took over and she was no longer able to talk to him, or if she thought that they were making fun of him, and right. that upset her. Yes, or just not even that they were making fun of him, but like they aren't treating him how they treat each other. Right. And maybe she was seeing that and feeling like, yeah. why aren't you just treating him like everybody else? Why are you making, li- oh, he always guesses heads or tails yeah. or whatever. Well, he was um, right, too. Sing us your song, Joe. I mean, that... It may not be that they were making fun of him, but they are putting him, him out. They're treating him like 
a sideshow. Like, look, the stuff that Joe can do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And they also just march him over to Cecilia, and they're like, look, who's here? Cecilia, like, is Cecilia then supposed to infer that, oh, I'm the awkward one on my side, and I'm the weird one, and now we're gonna, I'm gonna hang out with Joe because that's how you see me? Like, I guess, I don't know. The, I, so, when the boys are reading her diary, the one of them, the smart one, the brain, Tim, the one who's going to go to Yale. The one who decided she dots her eyes funny and... Yeah. Obviously, okay. this is someone who just isn't connected with reality. So she jumped off the roof. She thought she could fly. Yeah. Fuck you. So that, that I think, the, the treatment of Cecilia, who's obviously just an intelligent, very sensitive person who just cares about the world around her and doesn't decided for whatever reason the first time she tried to kill herself that she didn't want to be in it anymore and i thought it was really interesting too she they have these little saint cards that the, i'm assuming those are their patron saints or their um you get a saint's name when you get uh your what do you call it in the catholic church when you're allowed to take communion your first communion your first communion that's what it's called <laughs> yes so maybe they get those little they got those cards from their first communions and they're carrying them around as like little talismans or something and she has it she's done something that because the Catholic Church says if you kill yourself, it's a mortal sin and you're going to go to hell. So she has tried to kill herself in the tub, slit her wrist, and she's still carrying this card around with her. What is that What is that about? There's something about Catholicism in here, too. Well, the priest, the priest though, said that... He wrote it on as an accident. Right. Yes. But that was that was the second suicide attempt that was successful. The first time... Well, yeah, I mean, there's she, no reason to write it down as anything. Right. So when she's before. killing... I'm sure that he told everybody before that it was an accident, or they all probably told everybody that it was an accident when she slit her wrists. So she, know, so she knows what she's doing. She knows that she's trying to take her own life. But she's still carrying around this little Catholic talisman that's basically... I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how that fit in with what was going on. Does that mean that the girls killed themselves because they know that that will punish their mother more than anything? I don't know. To know that they're... That's what I'm trying to wrap my brain around. Why did they do it? Like, why the fuck did they do that? Was it really that bad? I mean, why? and why did well, they yeah, invite I, the boys over? Why did they invite over? Yeah, 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 exactly. So all of those questions, again, I think had it been... Had the whole story been through the lens of people who couldn't possibly understand the answers to those questions, I would be 100% okay with the fact that right. I have all these questions and don't know the answers because I would understand that I was being fed everything Right, but instead we are seeing things that we couldn't have Exactly, seen. instead right. I feel they like you are that. trying to tell me from their point of view and from other perspectives what happened with them and I'm not given anything. So ultimately at the end of this movie, I am just frustrated and mm. no longer care, which... Again, it's hard to care when you don't really have a good concept of who any of these characters are anyway. And even even though we got to see a little bit of, of Lux, I feel like the majority of what we saw from her was just her being she really pot. likes boys. She's a stone fox. Right. Like, I have no idea why she is inviting strange men up to her roof and She's fucking 14. them. She was 14? I thought she, she was... was the second youngest. Man, yeah. I don't... And I think that's a really interesting story to, or I would be interested to know what her deal is. Um, but you don't get any hint of it at all. And we get to see Trip. We get to see future Trip. Yeah, it was weird. And that, I guess he's in treatment, yeah. which makes sense. But <laughs> so, and he's, but I don't know why. I don't know why he was there. Like, what is the, is this? Why was he being interviewed by people about this? So I think that was part of. I think that came from the book because in the book, I think you even get to find out that the boys in the neighborhood even once they're married and have families of their own, are still kind of 
enthralled by the mystery of these girls and what happened. But who's doing the interviewing? Is this like for a book or don't know. I don't, don't That's know. just so fucking bizarre. It's that's super that's weird. lazy storytelling. That is 100% lazy. It's like, well, just, we want to get the story from people. Well, who's getting the story? I don't know. Just somebody. Don't, I don't, don't worry about it. I think we needed to see him because they said that they talked to the other guys and they show the other guys. But why are you talking to these other okay, Like the smell my book fingers writer guy. or whatever. Like, why are you talking to total randos in the neighborhood about these <laughs> girls? Why is that even a thing? Well, they were talking to those guys because they weren't, they were close to, they had gotten to hang out with the girls. Um, Barely. Well, and I guess maybe they're hanging out with Lux. But. They hung out the one night that the one killed herself. Which, by the way, so you're all hanging out at a party, and then you hear a sound, a like chunk chunk, and everybody just automatically assumes that somebody killed themselves. To see it. I all of them just pant. They were like, "Oh my god, I don't have any idea what that sound could be. It could have been someone slamming a door, but somebody's probably dead." And so then they run outside, and he's like holding her upright. It was just a very. It didn't make me. It it just felt weird. It felt like a really uh, uh, heavy-handed, bizarre scene. So that. The party scene is super awkward and weird, and I still don't understand everything that was going on with Joe and Cecilia. And then Cecilia leaves, and I they laid a little bit of groundwork for that earlier on because they said Lux, after that first suicide attempt, Lux didn't let Cecilia out of her sight. So I think they were distracted by the party. This is me making mm-hmm. stuff up. Distracted by the party, hear a noise. They're all, they've been living on edge for months, weeks, with mm-hmm. Cecilia having hurt herself, probably weeks. And they hear a sound, and then Cecilia is the only one not there, and they immediately are like, Cecilia. Like, mm-hmm. I think that this was a family that was super, super traumatized. They must have been traumatized by her trying to kill herself. It wasn't that far off from it. I mean, they're taping fucking bracelets to her Yeah, I just feel wrists. like dad was upstairs. He probably dropped a model plane. Like, why are you just dad, dad, who is just absolutely hiding from everything. Oh, yeah. And wants what's best for his girls and tries and... I think you get the feeling that he kind of, he, he just allows his wife to rule the roost. I, I mean, you don't get the feeling he does. He, he absolutely but does. He was able but to I feel like he, to let, oh, go ahead. He, I was just going to say, he probably does that in large part because they're girls and she's their mom and he feels like she's going to know best. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will let her do, if she wants to take the girls out of school. <laughs> Didn't sound like she was homeschooling them. She just took them out. No, she just took them out. Um. And yeah, he talked to her about the dance, and I think that was good. But I also think he had the ability to do that because he had a psychiatrist months ago who mm-hmm. said these girls need to socialize. Right. And even though it didn't work out well that one time, like, let's be real, these girls yeah, need to socialize. they need to get out of the house. I do think we get a good sense of who that mom, like, that she's just really pretty. Like, when, when the boys walk into the, the house uh, to pick the kids up, the girls up for the homecoming dance, you can see all the little baby shoes yeah on the table and then the, when they go and they find cecilia she hides she's like got her arms around those girls and she's like don't look don't look when she has that party for them she's the one handing out the punch to fucking he's a schwartzman he's a schwartzman he's the lead singer which is so funny because i looked at him and i was ball. like he looks so much like uh jason uh, jason schwartzman mm-hmm. But not as, no offense, Jason Schwartzman. I love you. I think you're great, but you're ugly. This guy is really good looking. This guy, yeah, he looks like a good looking Jason Schwartzman. And it didn't, it wasn't until I looked it up later on IMDb. I was like, Schwartzman. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Robert Schwartzman. And I know him from The Princess Diaries and Lead Singer Bruni. Uh, I think he's Lead Singer Bruni. I don't remember. I mean, I've seen The Princess Diaries. I don't remember him in particular. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that their, their mom was Talia Shire. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, they're cousins, him and. Uh, and then he is the director. He's here. He's here. Uh, he's here playing a smarmy guy with braces, going, "I love pineapple." Yeah. Like flirting with mom, and then flirting because with his, everybody. Because his great, fun, wonderful cousin invited him to do a role, so he got to do whatever. He just got to do whatever the fuck he wanted. So anyway, um. But yeah, it was gross. It was gross. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. We were talking about the party. And we were talking about the character, how she protects her children, um, and then and then it turns into something. And I guess part of me like so when Lux breaks curfew and she comes back home that night in a taxi or that morning in a taxi, and which Ma- by the way nobody paid that guy, right? Didn't he just like? It looked like he was waiting to get paid, and then they just and closed the just, door, and he was they're like... They're yelling, and he just drives off. I know. I, guess I'll I go. didn't wonder about that. Um, and she's yelling at Lux, and she's very irate, and I just wondered, like, is it... So were they implying that there was abuse? Is that what this is about, too? That they that she was abusive? I would say... I would argue she's emotionally abusive if she was keeping them locked in the house and wouldn't let them leave and made Lux burn her records. Well, yeah. There's definitely some questionable parenting going on, but I would also say somebody... A girl who's 14 years old and fucking everyone under the sun makes me wonder if she's been sexually abused, too. Oh, Lindsay. Is that what this is about? I have no idea. And here's the thing. Again, had it been all from the perspective of someone who could possibly not, who couldn't possibly know, know. I'd be okay with not knowing and speculating. But because I feel like I was led in to know some things, I just feel irritated and frustrated. So you don't like Sofia Coppola. Can you explain to me why? Lost in translation. Okay, what, why? I thought it was an incredibly agonizingly boring, schlocky mess of a, I don't even want to call it a film. I thought it was just terrible. And So you thought it was boring and you thought it was agonizing, but why? Uh, because it just, it felt like it was, it wasn't even a good slice of life. It was just, everything about it was boring. The, the dialogue was boring. Fucking Bill Murray should mm-hmm. not be in a boring movie. And I'm not saying it has to be. A, even a comedy he's a he's a good actor in general it doesn't have to be a comedy for it to be interesting but everything was just so achingly slow paced i kept waiting for something to happen nothing ever happened and again i'm not saying we need to have like action, action, a, action right, right exactly i love slow paced movies when they're done right i can sit through three hours of assassination of jesse james just fine i can sit through 16 hours of the lord of the rings no problem although so, there is action in there but so the point is, is i just didn't waited. care about the characters yeah i didn't because you don't get anything i felt like all that you got about the characters was they're kind of depressed which is fucking everybody it's and i'll be everybody. honest with you at it's this point everybody maybe everybody. now maybe now with covid it is but bef- but before i don't think yes. everybody was depressed everybody, everybody's depressed <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even remember the movie at this point. I remember being angry with it because I felt like I just wasted two hours of my life on tripe. And here's the thing. That's happened to me a lot. I've seen a lot of bad movies. Mm -hmm. A lot. The reason why I take it out on Sofia Coppola is because everybody was up in arms about how great she is and how great this movie was and how great the Virgin Suicides were, too. I didn't, initially I didn't watch The Virgin Suicides, not because I have an issue with Sofia Coppola, but because I do not like Kirsten Dunst. I've never liked Why Kirsten Dunst. Why don't you Dunst. like Kirsten Dunst? Because I don't think she's a good actress at all. Ooh. She was fine in Interview with the Vampire when she was a child, and then she was like a young teenager when she did this story arc on ER, and it was fucking awful. It was just 
melodrama out the ass. But it was and ER. And it made me mad. But it's ER. So ER like, was all ER a show. was was melodrama. Not all it was. Literally, it was, like, the first episode, one of the nurses tries to commit suicide. Yeah, and you know what? I did not like that character either. Well, she, I mean, bothered, she bothered me quite <laughs> a bit. I'm just saying, like, the, the point is, is set up she's, to be melodramatic. She's not a good actress. She was, did I enjoy Bring It On? Yeah, it was a fun movie. Did I think that she's good in, the only thing I've ever seen her in where I thought, oh, Maybe she is a little bit talented, was the second season of Fargo. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I watched that and I thought, oh my God, she's, and maybe it's just because she's an adult now and she's mm-hmm. gotten more experience and kind of grown into things and has seen that she doesn't have to overplay. Um, but I've never, up until that point, no, I've never thought that she's a good actress. And I'm not body shaming. Oh, this isn't boy. a shame thing. Is it about her eyebrows? her body freaks me out. Oh, well, she's why? like it's so long it it just really bothers me and she's always they everybody always dresses her in like crop tops which makes her look even longer and mm-hmm. it really freaks me out I feel like it's like a like a Gumby character and the reason I say I'm not <laughs> I know a lot I know a lot of people think that she's no, super I'm hot not. so I know that my opinion would not hurt her in the least because hey the rest of the world thinks she's super hot and that's cool and I'm not saying she's ugly but there is something about her body that freaks me out, so, and I don't like seeing it. What you're telling me is all you see is Kirsten Dunst, and you're like, I'm Kirsten Dunst, damn it. Like, <laughs> just like. <laughs> now, that's all I'll see. <laughs> but she has this, like, giant round face, and then this really long body, and it's like. She does have a bit of a round face. Are you face. made of weird clay? I don't understand She's what's happening. And then, and then next door looking, I think. She's not like a she's not knock yeah, your socks yeah. off beauty no. yet by any stretch, but I do think that there's something about people who look normal. No, I don't have a like problem with that. Them. Yeah, I again, there are certain things that so Josh Hartnett, that fucking mole, I can't handle it. What mole? That that mole, that mark on his like neck, on his like uh, there's a mole on his neck. Are you shitting me? No, you've never noticed that. No, that's like the main reason I can't say that yes, he is inherently attractive. That and the caterpillar eyebrows kind of bug me sometimes too. He is. So, I have things. So beautiful. So I was curious. I have things, and I. It, so you don't it, think it just he's, bothers me. You don't me. think Josh Hartnett's attractive, but do I you don't have think a he's. Favorite? I don't think he's ugly. Do the, you have um, a favorite Josh Hartnett movie? Um, th- Thirty Days of Night. So I was thinking about that. I like him in Thirty Days of Night. I like him in this because he's just so fun to watch. And the faculty. I don't even care that he has bad hair in this movie and in the faculty. Oh I'm my God. here for it. The hair is the other thing. The hair that, is... That really... the, the wig in this movie is a nightmare. And how he keeps, like, kind of throwing it back away from his face. The other thing about... Th- I also, like, what was the Showtime show? The um, Showtime show was... Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful, yeah. yeah I love Penny in Dreadful. That. I haven't seen it all the way And through. I thought he was hot in Penny Dreadful. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm not saying he's actually unattractive. I just have weird quirks that I acknowledge are my own and I am not again I'm not shaming anyone for these things but Gwyneth Paltrow's ears and Kristen like, Dunst's weird body Kristen Dunst's weird body and any kind of moles really freak me out and Josh straight Hartnett. eyebrows Josh when I, I'm just picturing you like when you meet Josh Hartnett for the first time being like have you had that mole removed yet he, he wouldn't I'm you, sure I, he wouldn't you might I can't be, believe you've not noticed it it's just this you might want to put it in his head that he should be concerned about the mole so he will get it removed it's just, I don't think he should be concerned about it. He's had it his whole life. It, I don't even notice that, dude. Like, you're showing this to me, and it's like, I, I've I never know, even noticed notice it. it. I don't, every, t- <laughs> every time I think about it, I think about uh, Schmidt on New Girl. 
<laughs> he's like covered in moles. He's covered in moles. And they always talk about it. And then the one time when they were talking about, uh, I think one of them was doing um, some kind of like spreadsheet to see when he was going to die. Yeah, because I think he put Winston's information in and Winston was going to die when he was like 42 or something. But he was like, I don't need to know. I don't need to. I know exactly how I'm going to die. And he just kind of tugs his shirt down and he goes, it's that one. It's that one right there. I'm just waiting for it to turn. This Josh Hartnett in this movie, every time they played Hart, because they did it twice, they played Magic Man mm-hmm. when he's when he's walking around and doing all this stuff and looking cool and getting getting dismissed for being tardy and getting some test scores test answers and just all this other stuff and then they played something else when lux comes to find him after that awkward dinner can yeah i don't and that was a really so some i really am wondering if she was abused the other thing the other thing about heart into this movie that jim always used to make fun of this scott speedman in any movie or show that he's in he talks like yeah, he does. He's a real load, like, whisper talker. I know. It's and great. It's sexy. It, it drove Jim crazy. He's like, why the fuck? Why can't he talk in, like, a normal volume? Because he wants to, he needs to be sexy for just, just for Felicity. <laughs> just for Felicity. <laughs> so, so Hartnett employs the same tact in this yeah. film. And I think it works. It's sexy. It works. Can I ask? You're a stone fox. Would you fuck somebody in the middle of an empty football field? Yeah. Yeah, right? There's something really... I don't want to use the word romantic, but there is something almost romantic about that, and I don't know why. I wish they had been in the middle of the field. I feel like they They were were on a goal line. I feel like they were close to a goal. I would have done it. But it was still to be in that huge expanse, but all alone. It's a moment in, um, shit, uh, Animal House, where one of the pledges has sex with a 13-year-old on a football He doesn't know she's 13. Oh, well, then it's fine. And the totally Dean, no and problem. Dean Wormer's daughter. It gets more. I don't... Here's the other thing, too. We have that bizarre interview with Trip that mm-hmm. I still don't understand why it even occurred. And it was very Stop odd. Group therapy session. It makes no sense that it's even in there. Because because it doesn't. Okay. So we have that weird interview where we're talking to him about stuff. But this interviewer never says, like, why why did you leave i mean i know he mm-hmm. kind of said like he I don't, says i don't he know was why like i, I don't really it. know why but yeah. i feel like there should be some follow-up questions right. to that instead right. he's just like i don't know why i left but i left her there and then i never saw her again I would, and, it, and then and then he fucking then he fucking even as an adult as an adult i understand as a child being like it was love but as, as a fucking adult, adult yeah, he's like gross. he's like well at least i got to experience that love once what <laughs> Yeah, no, he was gross. He was a gross person. I part of me wonders if we see that interview because they're trying to take away the shine of the the high school stud. Like the reason I I think it doesn't work is because you have this mysterious voiceover that is basically Giovanni Birbisi. That is that is apparently Giovanni Birbisi. <laughs> but that's basically telling us recounting everything that happened right. from this other perspective and no you throughout we don't know why we have this voiceover or who it even really mm-hmm. is but i would assume if somebody was doing an interview that this was part of an interview as well mm-hmm. so why would we not see that guy in that interview or any of the other boys interviewed it was it just mm-hmm. felt very awkward to put uh-huh. in just one interview you know, post-1975, it seemed weird and unnecessary. And honestly, I wasn't surprised that he left her. Like, my mom lectured me for years about don't trust teenage boys. They're just giant walking, talking penises. 
And I think she's right in a lot of cases. Now, do I think he's a stone cold asshole for doing that? Yes, but we knew that going in. He was a stud. All the girls were after him and he chased after Lux because she was hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got her and he didn't need her anymore. That's exactly why he left. He was like, I did it. I'm done. And part of me thought when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, so maybe this is going to destroy your self-esteem or she has other issues going mm-hmm. on and being rejected in this way is going to cause everything else but then you just you still don't even the the times when we see them because here again i go into the mm-hmm. the uh, point of view being a real problem because even the times when we see them she seems okay i mean she's not okay with like having to destroy her records but mm-hmm. she doesn't really seem that upset about what happened she's just fucking other guys just to get out of the house there is one point there was one point in there where she said something to her mom and I don't even know what she said because all you hear I think is the mom's response of this is where you're safe or you're safe in the house and her saying something like I can't stay here right but that's the only thing that we get that she's upset at all and that doesn't even seem to be related to this thing that happened Mm -hmm. which I was kind of anticipating being the the impetus for Mm -hmm. everything else so it makes me wonder if it if it was or if it was just if it was the impetus just for them being locked up and that's all it was and I, I don't know it it just again felt it, it's it's pre- I think that what happens between her and Trip is pretty true. I think it does happen to lots of lots of teenagers. Like, oh no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying I don't understand its purpose in the story. Insofar as was the purpose only to have the girls locked, locked up, in. Yeah. or was its purpose also to create a, an impetus for the the suicide? Mm-hmm. Because that's where I thought it was going, but then you don't get any inkling of that. So I just. I've, I'm left thinking, like, maybe, may, did that even need to happen? Again, like you said, if we're seeing if if they showed it only from the perspective of the people who were on the outside, we could probably ex- accept more of that. Because yeah, they, exactly. they say, it'd they be say really... it all in the end. They say like, we never know. We right. still wonder. We don't know what happened. But if you keep me in that same point of view, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. I'm having whether it's fun or just interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm into speculating along with the boys, but that's not where you're putting me. You're putting me in a point. Yeah the point where I should know some more about right. what's going on and I don't. I also want to be like those boys as they did some sweet things, but they were kind of dicks. They they're were creepy. watching through a telescope to see what Lux is doing. And they're like, they, they, t- I don't know how they got Cecilia's diary, but they're just, and it they was are. the plumber. And then they, they sure, knew the plumber right. who found it behind the <laughs> toilet or something. But they're, they're, Again, like, if they got it from the plumber, then, the, the, like, wasn't there the, the guy sharpening the knives in the driveway, too? Like, leering at the girls? Yeah. Like, leering at Lux in her bikini or yeah. whatever? I think that But she was doing that on purpose, at least according... And I I mean, it seemed like she was trying to get male attention on purpose. But if we're talking about who's narrating the story... Well, yeah, I know. I believe that, that, that they were treating them like sex objects in a lot of ways, and they were spying on them. So maybe the reason those that Lux invited them over, maybe it was to make them feel like shit. Because, like, what happened when Cecilia died? They all left. They left. They didn't... Well, what were they going to do? They were I children. I just was like, I can't Jesus blame Christ. them for leaving. Jesus Christ. Um, the things that I... We should go back down and have some more punch. <laughs> what from them? The things that I think they did well in this movie were portraying teenagers as kind of like dreamers in a sense like that they're anything's possible and we're at this age of 
something's going to happen and our lives haven't started yet. And you get it a little bit from the way the boys talk about the girls and like you see that they get those magazines and then they would pretend like they were, they get the magazines and they were pretending to do those things. And also um, like teen love in a way, like how Trip comes over and he has dinner at the house and then Lux finds him in the car after and they have this hot makeout session. Um, and then he's just kind of like, whoa, you know? Um, Which if you think about it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense for that guy. <laughs> like I, I that was what I thought knew. after that, that, no, I'm just saying it seems like he was the kind of guy who had been through this many a time. Maybe. So why were you so blown away by this one girl? I think my favorite part of the movie is when they play the records over the phone. That's what I was going to say, actually. I think I feel like that, that, was, such, that was... To me, like epitomizes that age. And exactly. That, right. And that time and that you... That is something that kids would totally do. Yeah. And then they agonized over how to communicate with him. And they were like, well, just call him. Duh. And then mm-hmm. they play the songs. It was really wonderful. That's... Gave me a lot of feels for sure. Um, yeah. So I think they did as many holes and problems as there are with this movie. I think that there were some things that she did get right. And it had that a good was, that was part of it. feel to it. Mm-hmm. The um, soundtrack was lo- not the soundtrack just, the, not was just great. the songs, but just the, mu- just the music yeah. that's playing. Again, I, I the soundtrack was great. I mean, I feel like I feel like she should have paid more attention to the time. Um, to make sure that things actually lined up. I had I had one note on this that I had to write down mm-hmm. because it amused me. The note I have is, I had that same rainbow hoodie. It was from Delia's <laughs> circa 1995. Which rainbow hoodie? When they were, when, after they were on lo- in lockdown, I don't remember which one of the girls was wearing it, but it was a little rainbow hoodie that's like a sweater. Do you remember seeing it? Mm-mm. It's a it's a sweater zip up hoodie that's all rainbow. It was very popular, and that does sound like some shit. And it you came get from, Delia's. from Delia's, and it was I got it. I want to say my freshman year in high school, so yeah, it would have been around ninety five, ninety five, ninety six. So was Delia's a store? Or was it only catalog only? If there were a store, if there was a store anywhere, I didn't know about it. As far as yeah, I know, I it was catalog, catalog only. only. Yeah, I love the Delia's catalog. But as soon as I saw that, I was like. That's not 1970. It doesn't even look like 19. 19- like I got, I got on my up on You're my right high man. horse there, just because it was so popular. Like I remember seeing it in other movies as well, like in the 90s and early 2000s. So everybody knew, and Delia's was really popular. Everybody, everybody knew that sweater. That was not a 1975 sweater. Were the- especially that's the other thing that I thought was strange about the sweater. Once I started thinking about it, because I couldn't stop thinking about the sweater. <laughs> like, I still you have it. You want to go somewhere. find it? Yeah. Um, but it does seem odd that. The, the it kind of talking to your point about the, the knife sharpener too you know that Lux is wearing like a bikini outside on the front lawn and they have this sweater from Delia's that wasn't even invented for 20 years and yet their mom makes their homecoming dresses mm-hmm. and adds so much height to their bus line and adds so much length to the but so she's again we're getting it through the lens of these kids like i feel like that's maybe just, i just it was interesting to you you see that they're sheltered in that strange. way but there are so many other ways that they weren't like lux's clothes other than that she was showing off her gumby body all the time mm-hmm. i mean sure there was one time where they were at dinner and her mom said put on your sweater which frankly my mom would have said that too had i been wearing a halter top at yeah. the dinner table so i didn't think those dresses for the homecoming were that bad i didn't either i thought cute yeah i think it was they the fact that they were long matchy. but other girls at the dance yeah were wearing it was the dresses 70s exactly yeah. i thought they just looked like 70s dresses yeah. the fact that they were matching yeah, i could that. understand being a little bit like whatever but yeah when was it trip who said like they were just identical sacks 
Mm-hmm. I was like, no, they look, what do you, no, they're not. <laughs> I think that was, that was the narrator who said that. Trips, whatever that red velour. I was hot. It was nice. It was I'm a, good, a fan of velour tuxes. I've so. seen a few out and about, mostly <sighs> at like Academy Awards. I haven't Intense. seen an actual person wearing them, but Intense. Uh, that's, that's good shit. Um, also, how do they not catch Lux on the roof? I don't, it's not a flat roof either. Right. That I was like what I was wondering. There's a lot of stuff like, going on in this cracked down house. Like they were dropping shit, notes yeah. at people's houses. And, and like, she has to, when she goes out and makes out with them, and then she's like, I have to make it back for bed check. First of all, bed check is not a, usually a thing with families. So when you say bed check, that makes me think your parents are super oh, overprotective. Yeah, they're off the rails. But if they are super overprotective because they're doing bed checks in the middle of the damn night. Then yeah. how are you having sex how, with guys on the roof? Exactly. <laughs> it probably happened once. Uh, or maybe maybe it was the mom. Can we? <laughs> uh, so James Woods, I think James Woods in real life is a prick. But oh, have you met him? No, but I've, you've just decided. I've seen some things, and uh, I can't unsee them. But what things have you seen? Like tweets and stuff. He's just a douche. Oh, okay. But I like seeing him in the movies. Sure, he's an interest. I think he's interesting. I think he does. And I liked him playing this kind of mild-mannered math teacher dork who has five daughters and wants to do right by them but doesn't know what the fuck to do and he oh my god he's like chasing little boys around to try Uh to get them to play with his model planes yes like i just desperately need a son just for five minutes to talk to me about this plane exactly exactly because not one of those girls is a tomboy and so when the the scene where the priest comes uh to the house Mm -hmm. which i thought was scott glenn wasn't it yeah i thought it was weird but it reminded me of The Exorcist because he comes upstairs and so it's a priest walking up the stairs to see what's going on. It's kind of like when uh, mm-hmm. when Marin shows him the, the, the spirit and the exorcist. I like, mean, sure. I guess. <laughs> so he's walking up the stairs. You don't know what he's going to find. He finds the girls in a pile looking sad. And then he, <laughs> goes, he goes into the mother's room and there she is on the bed. And she turns her head around and you're like... It's Kathleen Turner. Is her head going to rotate all the way around? <laughs> you might have been in a very specific state of it mind. It was Halloween it's yesterday. Very, exactly. But no, it really it really did remind me of The Exorcist. So de- definitely got Exorcist vibes. He was, wasn't so... Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. I'm, I'm having a thought. <laughs> I guess I just... It was... It's interesting to me when he gets there too. He sits down. He was, he's like, let's let's have your wife down and let's talk to her and... You know, James Woods is like, he's watching the game. Like, he can't, he's, like, completely disconnected from his family. He's completely disconnected what happened, what happened well, with Cecilia. he had to be, I he's, think. Yeah, and he's just like, and then there's a moment where the priest is walking away. He's like, Father. And you think they're going to have a conversation. And then the priest turns around and he's like, it was a double play. <laughs> he's just like, there's comedy in it. It's funny, but it's also sad as fuck. And I thought it was really well done. Oh, fuck, I don't remember what it was now. There was, there was one point where shit something happened and whatever it was that happened i remember laughing really hard and having a moment of was i supposed <coughs> to laugh at that fuck what was it is is it when james wood pops in to see them getting dressed for homecoming and he's like is everybody decent no and takes no home. that was just like dad humor <laughs> no there was something it wasn't something that was necessarily supposed to be funny but it came off as funny but i for the life of me don't remember what it was now maybe you'll think of it yeah so did the movie, I guess, did it creep you out? Like, so the end, when you first watch it, you don't know what's going to happen. Now when I watch it, and Lux is at the door talking to those boys, 
and you know she knows what's gone in that house and what's about to happen, it's kind of creepy. Like, it, she's sitting there flirting with them or something. I, again, it feels like a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, it seems really strange. Um, and, I mean, I guess I don't have the perspective of having watched it again knowing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I definitely did think when she said, we can just take our car instead, I'll wait out in the car. Mm-hmm. I definitely had a moment of, like, Somebody should probably go with her because I know the title of this movie. I bet she's just going to sit out there and gas herself. (laughs) But I didn't really think about the other girls having already been gone. And it kind of made me wonder, because she was still around, it made me feel like maybe she was the ringleader and she pressured them into doing this thing that she wanted to do. She definitely had... I mean, because the other girls don't have much personality because their characters aren't very well drawn. She yeah. she has the strongest personality in the bunch, just mm-hmm. from what you're seeing. I don't know. I mean, she still killed herself, so. Well, yeah. No, no you, I, so I know. You, I'm saying that she, like, if she, um, sorry, I'm still thinking of other things, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was saying if she wanted to do it and she maybe just didn't want to do it alone. Did you think, was this the end that you thought was going to happen? Well, I figured that there would be suicides. And I figured that all of them were going to do it because in the beginning he said something like Cecilia was the first. Didn't Mm -hmm. he say that? And I think later they said something about once they were all gone or something like that. Yeah. In the book, it sounds like they do it, but Mary sticks her head in the oven and it doesn't take. So she lives for another month and then kills herself again. Well, kills herself successfully. Kills herself again. Successfully commits suicide. Um, and how was the other? The third. Oh, oh, she took sleeping pills. Yeah, right. I think Bonnie takes pills. Therese hangs herself. Mary sticks her head in the oven. Where were people getting these sleeping pills? I mean, it was the seventies, right? Everybody had barbiturates. Yeah, she right? was like sixteen. I don't know. I mean, the, in a house of people who like a mo- that mom was probably taking sleeping pills. It was scary movie. Scary movie, James Woods was the exorcist. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was what was, like, plaguing my mind. Not so, the thing that so I was I... trying to find funny, but, yeah, something that was plaguing my I mind. I need to watch Scary Movie again. That's, I really like that movie. Complete side note, but it was making me nuts. My favorite moment with Kirsten Dunst in this movie is the records. Like, her dragging that container of records down mm-hmm. the stairs and, like, whining like a little baby, like... Mm-hmm. That felt very real to me. Yeah. That the whining and the like, oh, mom, no. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Also, Hayden Christensen. I know. I was like, oh, shit. I'm, and you don't and get the to fact see that his he's face there that with, much, but his voice is No, I knew the second he spoke. The second he spoke, I was like, fuck, that's Hayden Christensen. And then I was like glued to the TV waiting for him to, <laughs> to come back. turn his face yeah. so I could see it. He's the one who... Pokes his finger in the the smoke ring and he's like, don't let it die virgin. And they're like, this really mature man, that's gross. Like, you know, they're doing that because they're girls. Oh, obviously. No, I, uh, so, and it's funny because the minute I saw A.J. Cook, I was like, it's Mm -hmm. A.J. Cook. Yeah. Because I loved Higher Ground. Like, I I loved Higher Ground. Oh, yeah. I mean. They read that they play love interests. They, it's basically, it was like a, a camp for troubled youth. And. AJ Cook had all kinds of like behavioral issues and 
and and so did he and they kind of were love interest and then there was a girl who was anorexic and bulimic and then there was it was everybody had they they were you know wayward youth who had oh it's a tv series with joe lando yeah oh god i actually totally forgot that he was there canadian or something uh probably with all of them it only ran for i feel like there were two seasons but i could be wrong it may have only been one uh, one 22 episodes so it wasn't a major network 22 then. yeah no i love it's got that an 8.2 show. out of 10 rating on IMDb. it was great so i saw her and i got really excited and i was like oh man i should see if i could find higher ground and watch that now keep in mind when so i watched on it prime is it um but you gotta pay for it oh but it says buy from 4.99 maybe if it, each episode is 4.99 well I'm not yeah for that. but if it's the, for the whole season i might i i was a child wow. when i saw it i mean what year was that it was nineties, um, late nineties, yeah, early two thousands. Uh, two thousand. Okay, so and it I says was... it was on Fox Family. The show was a part of the company that didn't make it to ABC Family, so it wasn't even that it was canceled because the content was bad. It, it was just that's. I think that's my business. That may have been why I was thinking it may have gone for two seasons because I bet there was probably talk about about it that I was. This trying sounds to like out. something I need to pay good money to. You know watch. what? You probably would love it because you love like teen angst, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I actually have a real pro- like I, uh, Hayden Christensen. I so here's the thing. I think he's a very good actor. I know. I I love that show. I love and so again, I saw AJ Cook started thinking about the show. Saw Hayden Christensen show up later and was like, oh my god, it's all coming together. Love Hayden Christensen. I you know you can go all day long about. The Star Wars stuff, I think the Star Wars stuff is just terribly directed, and that's the main issue. I don't think that he was a terrible actor in it. I think he was just directed to do what he did. But Life is a House, have you seen that movie? Mm-mm, oh, he was great. Quite good things. He was great in it. Um, you can buy season one for $5 on on Prime. Done. I'm pretty sure it says, buy episode one, standard definition, $1.99. Buy season one, standard definition, $4.99. Oh, well, yeah, what a buy- deal! <laughs> I don't know. You should do it. That might be... I don't know. I'll have to check that out. I don't know. That seems like not legit. Like there might be something wrong with that. I don't know, man. Um, I think I might have my Sunday planned out. That might be like that they're going to mail me a DVD. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Prime would do that. (laughs) Uh, Who knows? So anyway. um, Yeah. Hayden Christensen was really excited. Yeah, yeah, And I do think he's a very good actor. And I think things took a turn for the worse with the star wars never stuff. got hired again it seemed like uh, unfortunately he's made some really bad movies which i have also seen um there was one little italy it's about a little italy pizza place comp like it's two pizza places competing against each other it's in it's in toronto is where this little italy is and it's him fucking Canadians. and oh, fuck emma roberts and it's very 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 oh. very 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 bad very 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 bad so bad in fact that sounds bad but how did this get made did an episode on it that i've listened to twice because it gets just where and they ask how did this get made yes um so yeah but it was really exciting for him to show up to see him (laughs) yeah yeah he was so little (laughs) i know but his voice still sounded the same oh yeah it's still him right but i know he was so little um i guess so let me see if i have any other uh, burning or burning questions for you did you ever write a boy's name in your underwear? No. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking weird. Uh, I, ha- I feel like it's a thing that people talk about. I don't know, man. If she survived, I think she would be in like a sex addicts group today. Maybe. And there's something up with that girl. She was crazy. Maybe. And I don't mean crazy like if you're boy crazy, you're crazy. I just mean, dude. That was And it wasn't even a boy at first. What didn't they say it was 
It was like a man she was obsessed with, wasn't it? The yeah, first time around? I can't remember exactly, but I do think it was a man. Yeah, like somebody who did their taxes. Ooh. I don't know. It wasn't that, but yeah, it was like yeah, a, <laughs> the tax accountant. Yeah, it was some adult. I write and, my tax accountant's name in my. Well, I'm my own tax accountant, so I guess I put my own name. That's even weirder. Are you a four year old child? <laughs> uh, yeah, let me see if I have any good burning questions in here. I already asked a lot of them. I was think when the the reporter came to ask questions about Cecilia and then she was doing her report I was thinking of the Heathers like it was a teen suicide don't do it from Heathers I think it was like a song was it I don't yeah, even remember like a, a song, song but yeah. um that kind of reminded me of that here's a question if you bake a poison pie oh my god that was it <laughs> and someone that was it that was the point that was the point where I, I saw it, I, I watched it, and I laughed so hard, and I had a moment of, wait a minute, is this movie actually like a spoof comedy? I literally thought that for that moment, and then I thought, I don't think it is. I think it's supposed to be serious, and maybe I'm an asshole. No, I think it was one of those moments where they're trying to point out the ridiculousness of people, and it just came off. It was Because I thought I was, could eat just it, a little bit at a time, and then my grandma had a sweet tooth. She ate it three times. It was the funniest fucking thing. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you for remembering that. Is that not manslaughter? Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. Yes, it is. You poisoned Nana. (laughs) And now you should do five to ten. Exactly. And we we went to Bellefontaine Cemetery yesterday in St. Louis and saw the grave of a woman who died at 37 because she was giving herself arsenic to keep her complexion pale. It was a thing, though. I mean, she certainly wasn't the only one. There were a a lot of women. And that was, as Melissa and I were walking around talking about it, it was like, yeah, radium was great for that, too. Oh, was it? Yeah, radium had a lot of... Nice and pale. Yeah. uh, A lot of beauty qualities before they realized it, you know, killed you. In truth, there are things I'm sure that we're putting on ourselves now or putting in ourselves that... No, I only buy clean beauty products. Gross. You're such a fucking (laughs) tool. I am. But I do, like, prefer clean beauty products, so... Even though they're clean, that doesn't mean... I mean, arsenic is all natural. It's not like it's a manufactured thing. It's... It's it's true. (laughs) Ugh, Poison. So, tell me about your first date. Do you remember your first date? I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by date. Like, because you go to dances or just meet up with people. I, like, it was mostly meeting up with people in groups, you know, like okay. going over to friends' houses and hanging out with everybody and then you just kind of split off. I remember those. Some of them. They all flow together. There were a few summers in there where we just did it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, got together in groups and you when you're you know 14 15 16 mm-hmm. you think of it as dates but like i think my first official because I, I the reason i was thinking about that was because i guess trip and lux's first date trip comes over to the house yeah and, like, and that's what i mean like i don't her mom is sitting between them and i never had that thank god <laughs> that's what i was but... curious <laughs> never bring a boy home and have the like, have <laughs> like watch parents. tv with my friends honestly that does seem like something i would do though yeah, i think totally as an does. as an adult i probably would <laughs> Do you want to come over and have pizza with my parents? <laughs> we can just sit around and watch TV. Gross. Um, no, there was never that. Because <laughs> I never, I remember I got in. But ask- it was funny that it was, like, that's what I mean by what do you mean by date? Because I feel like that kind of casualness mm-hmm. is the same 
thing that we were doing when we got into groups at friends houses Mm -hmm. and we would just all kind of sit on the couch and then you would split off like I had a boyfriend but I wouldn't say that we dated dated like it was we were too young to drive so it was like I would go over to his house and his parents wouldn't be there and he'd make me dinner and we'd watch a movie that's sweet that leads to the time cop story let me just say this if you're a freshman in high school and you have a boyfriend who you haven't kissed yet Time Cock is not the movie to watch because there's oh. some really explicit sex in there. It's I the crow. Said Time Cock, right? It's the crow. The crow's the one you <laughs> the should. The crow's the dream date movie. Yeah. So yeah, but I feel like the first date where I went, where we, like, he drove somewhere. It was a guy asked me on a date. He came to the house. Picking up, actually, I think his mom drove us. He came to the house. His mom picked us up. She dropped us off. We watched a movie, and then she brought us back, and we were up on the porch, and he didn't kiss me, and I was like the fuck man like why didn't you kiss me this is stupid he's probably gay he's not gay he's got about a bajillion kids that doesn't prove anything (laughs) but i was like maybe he didn't kiss me because he's just not into you probably shut up (laughs) but that was kind of when i that's a sign i think that he's just not into you (laughs) i don't know i think he was just scared yeah well you said you were what were you like 15 probably 15 or 16 probably um did you know a teacher who had kids in school when you were in school? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think I have this idea that if you had that your kids weren't allowed to go to the same school that you were teaching in. And I don't know why I have that idea, like who fed that to me, if it was a reality mm-hmm. or if I just saw it in some other kind of media. But I feel like I grew up with that notion that if you have because I de- I definitely had teachers who had kids mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was maybe they wanted to send them to like private that. school yeah. or because I went to public school or maybe they were just out of the the jurisdiction and they went to a different school yeah. but I had it in my head that that just wasn't meant to happen or didn't or couldn't happen mm-hmm. so no I don't remember it ever happening I sort of was because my mom worked in the library so um I kind of, like, I had, she was at school with me, mm-hmm. but that was in middle school. And there was a high school teacher who ha- was our, like, physics teacher. Um, I think he thought, he, he taught chemistry, too. I remember because he put a chunk of sodium in water one time, and that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> he was, like, the, the like, he, <laughs> we always figured he gave grades because he would say that he had our tests and he was going to grade them, and he, like, they would just sit in a pile and never get graded. He never graded your tests? I don't know that he ever did. Which is probably... I would have lost my shit. (laughs) I had a thing. To this day, I still kind of want to take tests because, like, the bright moments of my life were getting tests back. And I hated the teachers who would take, like, a full week to grade Mm -hmm. them. Like, give me a test on a Friday. I want my results on Monday. (laughs) I need it now. So this guy, he was fun and nice, and he had his own kids, but they didn't go to our school. They mm-hmm. went, they were like homeschooled. Like he would still have them in if they were going to play in band or whatever, they could come play band in the school or if they okay. were going to play sports, but they were homeschooled. And I always thought that was weird that we had a public school teacher who had his own kids. It does seem odd, yeah. Homeschooled. Like I said, yeah. I, I know a couple who had their kids in private school instead. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I may have just worked it into my head that that was how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I could understand doing that. Like maybe you don't want your kids to go to the same school where you mm-hmm. teach for whatever reason, but to homeschool seems odd. Yeah. Could you imagine having had one of your parents at, like, in your high school while you were in high school? No. Dislike. No. Like, what? 
Honestly, I probably wouldn't have hated it so much. I have a really, even then I had a really good relationship with my parents. Like we've always been really close. I think the thing that would have been detrimental for me is because we're really close, I probably would have wanted to have lunch with them. Yeah. You know, and not had friends. <laughs> Seriously, like that. No, you're right. And then I wouldn't have had. It would have, have been had, bad for you. I they wouldn't have, have had like, any friends. Lindsay, don't you want to have lunch in the cafeteria with the rest of the kids? No, I'm not. And okay. I'd be like, no, my mom made me some, <laughs> like she's going to share good food with me. I would do that. I worked with my dad for a while and I would just like take breaks with him <laughs> all the time. And so Aww, That's sweet. I think that's sweet. Yeah. My mom never really embarrassed me. She was, like, she most, in the middle school, she was always hiding up in the library. And then she was a secretary at the elementary school for a really long time, which, I mean, mm-hmm. I never went to the elementary school there, so. But I do, th- I definitely do think it would be really hard to mm-hmm. be, I can't even say be yourself, because I don't feel like when you're a teenager, you're really yourself anyway. No. You're somebody, di- but you're definitely somebody you're, different from who you are well, at home with, with your parents. parents. And, the, and if you're trying to be something really different, I just think of yeah. those kids who, like, I remember um, my sister always, we, like our dress shoes when we were little girls, they like if we clack on the linoleum, they'd make a clacking sound. So we would pretend like we were tap dancers. Oh, for sure. Like that's yeah. just the thing you do. And my sister always wanted to wear those shoes to school, and my mom told her no. And she one day snuck them into her backpack, and we were getting out of the car, and I guess I bumped her backpack, and she was like, "Leah, my tap shoes." Which I bumped your backpack. I'm not gonna fuck up your fucking tap shoes. You're not even tap shoes, you doofus. <laughs> But I guess my mom was like, she's sneaking them to school because she wants to wear them. Those kids, they're going to have a problem if mom or dad's yeah. working at school because they can't dress Get the away way they want to dress right. or whatever. I mean, I still, I'm 38 years old and I still have a hard time with, I am a very different person with you or yeah. at work yeah. or with other f- certain friends or and with my parents and with extended family. I feel like, and maybe that's part of being an introvert too. That it feels like you have to put out different uh, personas. But for sure as a teenager, that would have been really hard to navigate. Yeah. To know who I should be when or who do I feel comfortable or how do I feel comfortable being when. And if you think back on this movie, or like I guess I'm thinking about it, you know, you see these girls and they're in these really sh- there's sheltered Catholic girls. Um, you know, their parents are really strict. But then they get in the car with the boys and they're like talking shit about everybody else's mm-hmm. house and they get to the dance and they're drinking peach schnapps and smoking That's why and it's it felt like it felt weird to me for you to say that they're so sheltered but they went to the same school as everybody else mm-hmm. they were always outside playing they obviously had like they talked mm-hmm. to these other people in the neighborhood they knew other people in the neighborhood i'm certain they went to church every sunday so you know they probably socialized with people in church their father worked at the school, so not only did they go to that school, but they probably knew others at the school just mm-hmm. because of that. When they showed up at school, they seemed like none of them seemed shy or withdrawn or only hanging on to each other. Like they kind of split off and went to school and sat in their classes mm-hmm. and probably did have some friends. They go to the homecoming dance, and one of them is elected homecoming queen. I know, right? Which doesn't make any sense to me at all, but at the very least, let's say people did it because it was bizarre that they saw her out they at the very least knew who she was so it's not like she was you know hiding away or hidden away from them so it all seemed very very strange like it didn't it didn't seem like they were sheltered other than the fact that their mom said i we don't we don't like them to be in cars very often because Mm -hmm. of car accidents and then the fact that of course they were put on lockdown for a few weeks after but i guess you i knew I didn't know a ton of kids, I'm trying to think, 
who were su- like we so I guess maybe the word sheltered like what does that mean because I definitely knew kids who had strict parents like I had a friend growing up she wasn't Catholic but her parents were super super strict mm-hmm. she participated in sports she mm-hmm. had friends she was popular but when it came to going out on the weekends I remember pushing a car down her parents driveway we had spent the night we snuck out we pushed the car down the driveway and drove off and then we had to get the car back up the driveway when we got back I mean if she had found out she would have been in so much shit mm-hmm. or if her parents had found out I think think that's what we're dealing with here and I think that after Cecilia died mom was like nope I gotta protect them I gotta protect mm-hmm. my babies which I 100% understand right and, and like I she think... just took it to an extreme taking them out of school is wrong oh yeah no it is I, I just again I feel like it feels to me like the interesting parts of this story were the parts that were never shown. Like I wanted to see more of Kathleen Turner and how she dealt with mm-hmm. losing a child and how that impacted protecting these other kids. But we didn't see that. Yeah. And I wanted to see more of James Woods and his struggle with being present and yet at the same time not being able to be present in their mm-hmm. lives. And I wanted to see more with all of the girls in Just terms more of their personality. Yeah, and- who they even are and what they're thinking and feeling and how they were impacted by their sister's death and what would lead to, to their own suicide. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, like I wanted to see more with the boys and instead of just getting um, those little moments of, mm-hmm. well, they don't really understand girls, kind of what were they actually thinking though? Mm-hmm. And how did they really truly view them? Like we got some of that, but it didn't feel like enough. So I feel like the things that really interested me most were just glossed over and instead it was, I don't know, I it... It didn't. It didn't work for me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like it, uh, the music was great. Mm-hmm. I think um, it looked good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it. It all looked it felt good. Yeah. Right. Um, but the story was just not there at all. And I haven't read the book, so maybe the book doesn't have much of a story to it either. And that's. I bet. The, I bet know. the book closes up a lot of those holes. I would imagine so. Yeah. But because the book, I think people really liked it. Um, if I, if I want, we're going to fix this, I think you're right. Take away the omniscient view or the, the viewpoints that we, the boys shouldn't be able to see. Mm-hmm. Better define those boys. Like, yeah. let's know who yeah, those boys that's are. that's what I mean, right? If it's going to yeah. be from their perspective, like, which would be really are. interesting. Right. Let's not just have this narrator who's just some random person in the future who we don't know who they are. Yeah. And better define those girls. Like... Tell me who Teresa, like, I think you could have had us, like, like, oh, a snippet with Mary and a snippet mm-hmm. with, and, like. Well, and if you better define the boys, my guess is each of those those boys probably had their favorite girl. Mm-hmm. So you still don't even have to define, you know, if we're looking at it again from their perspective, we that still we don't need to. We about the girls to, more from Right, boys we, we, we do don't do need know. to see the reality right. of the girls because that wouldn't even be the right. point, but we could see something so right. that I could connect to them and feel something for yeah. them and just know who they are. And I'm sure that, like I said, I'm sure they had their favorite girls. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't all, I doubt that they were all just obsessed with Lux just because mm-hmm. she was fucking people on the roof. But I wonder if the reason why, and it may be like this in the book, but I wonder if the reason why we don't get a real clear picture of who those boys are, except for maybe Trip and, you know, Tim the Brain and Chance or Chase or whoever the fuck he was, the the, the one who looked really young but had a deep voice. Uh, I wonder if why we don't get so much of that is because it's, Directed by a woman, and, want, and she wanted to keep the focus on the girls and 
it's just a, a bummer that I mean, if so, we didn't then... get more detail about those other girls who just feel like lumps. Yeah. So here's the thing. If again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what exactly it's like. But I would say my guess is that the book is primarily from the boy's perspective, which I think is really interesting and and would have been a good movie to have. Um, But if you didn't want to do that, if you did want to flip it on its ear and you read this book and you thought, you know what, I really wonder is what the girl's perspective Mm -hmm. on all this was. And you wanted to do a movie about that. Then just do that. Then do a movie about that. And that didn't happen either. That's why I have an issue with it. So what do you think about the end after they're dead? Where they kind of show them at this... What was the gas party thing? What, I don't understand so what I happened. So I guess there was some kind of buildup of swamp gas. Because they're in Gross Point, Michigan. So there there was something going on where there was a buildup of swamp gas. And it just made the air stink that summer. But it looked like steamy, gassy inside the house. Was that... I felt like that was just the way they were making it look. I, I didn't like that. That was gross. Uh, Did you like the glitter, felt... the glitter gas mask? It felt... All of that felt just really weird and dreamy and unnecessary i guess yeah it was i don't know what you're supposed to get from that right i think that was coming back to the nobody cares about these girls they all just kind of look see it as a a thing to talk about and now that it's over and i mean you see the really drunk guy falling into the pool and be like i'm a teenager i want to end it like they're Mm -hmm. making fun of in light of what happened to them and not taking it seriously and I feel like that's kind of what the point or what what we were supposed to take away from that yeah but I when you clutter it up with gas masks and shit and yeah and like the smell making some girls sick and yeah when you clutter all of that in I the message certainly gets lost lost. for sure yeah did you like the moment where like the men in the neighborhood come together to take the fence out like, they used the truck and a chain to, like, just yank it out. I did like the fact that later on, one of the girls told the dad, we took the fence out. Right, and all I could think was, like, the doors open did he not know? Why was he not there <laughs> while all these people were in his yard? It, I think that was playing into the... Him being the, absent, kind of. Well, that... More the, um... Like, the, the women in the neighborhood were like, oh, that fence was just we didn't happen like mm. everybody lying to themselves about what actually happened i gotta to tell you i i watched an episode of um what we do in the shadows yeah like yesterday morning oh, before i watched this okay. movie and one of the familiars died in much the same way he was just pruning a bush and then <laughs> fell on a fence just like that so it could have been an accident <laughs> i forgot how he died well that wasn't that was one of the other familiars because oh, they went through like okay. half a dozen over the summer <laughs> i think gregor's death is my favorite where they draw that really taut line and then he just tries to ride his bike off and he just gets beheaded i didn't even remember that (laughs) because you see them doing it like uh fuck i can't remember the vampire who has all the bushes what's his name uh nadja's husband nadja's husband whose name i can't remember i know right um so he's telling uh guillermo like make it tighter like make it tighter it's gotta be really tight what the fuck is this and then Gregor, it's on his way from the mental facility, loses a car, gets a bike. So they do all of this to set up him driving that bike and getting decapitated by that line. It was just magic. Yeah. But then he still came back as a ghost, right? He did. Yeah. And he, yes. Jeff. (laughs) What kind of name is Jeff? (laughs) Such a good, there were lots of people I saw on Twitter last night who were dressed as. I thought about that after the fact. I was like, three of us went out. 
Oh, Come yes. on. I, as long as and I can... The three of us went out to just walk in a cemetery for a few hours. How could we not have planned this? As long as I can be Nandor, I'm in. Go for it. I Laszlo. Can, I, Laszlo's Laszlo. his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nandor is my absolute favorite. He is. <laughs> I'm obsessed best. with him. Um, I love I love that he completely forgot his language. <laughs> Over the past however many hundreds of years, it's just completely <laughs> faded. So when his ghost comes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the Vampire Council episode at the end of season one. That was just It was just so much perfect. fun yes. to see all of the vampires. And then they were calling out. They were like, Oh, Rob couldn't come. Rob couldn't they were oh, Tom oh, Tom couldn't come. Yeah. Tom couldn't like they're calling out like other vampires. I was just like, Yes, this is a reality where they're all actually vampires. Yeah, it's great. Ah, oh, makes me happy. It's my new truth. <laughs> Blade is real. That's right. He had a, he, he didn't always... pay his taxes for a while, and the government came after him, but he is real. It all adds up to me. <laughs> does it? Yeah, 100%. Blade, Blade definitely does seem like the kind of person who wouldn't pay his taxes. Yeah, for sure. He, like, lives underground. Right. I wouldn't either. Are you fucking kidding me? Right, sure. Who was Chris Christopherson supposed to be? Like, his mentor or something? Yeah, I don't remember if they the worked father? together before. Or... But, yeah, he was, like, a mentor. Super weird. Because Blade was created when his mother was bitten by a vampire while she was giving birth, right? Sure. Pretty sure. So then he comes out and he's like part, he's a daywalker. Yeah, he is, right. But yeah, I don't remember how exactly he was created. I should watch that. Okay, anything else about the virgin suicides? I mean. I'm sorry it was a disappointment. It wasn't a disappointment because... I never wanted to see it. Oh, fuck off. And I, well, no, the truth is, is I remember, I remember people talking about it like crazy and talking about how great Sofia Coppola was and talking about how great Kirsten Dunst was. And at the time I was like, I don't know about Sofia Coppola because this was, Mm. I think, just prior to Lost in Translation, but I don't like Kirsten Dunst, so I don't think it's going to be good. And then later I watched some Sofia Coppola and was like, I don't know why everybody's so, Uh, to be clear, I'm not saying that she's a terrible director or writer. Uh I haven't seen enough of her stuff to know one way or the other i don't think that the things that she has been touted as being amazing for that she was amazing mm-hmm. or that she did like this in lost in translation exactly this didn't win any big awards i think people just were interested in it i guess it's got a really great cast and, and apparently and it was based on a book that maybe a lot of people were really yeah. interested in i don't yeah. know if that was part of it but i definitely remember everybody talking about it and me all along being like i don't care so it wasn't a disappointment because i didn't go into it thinking is this going to be great or anything? You already knew that it was going to not meet your expectations. No, I think it, I was hoping it would have exceeded them. But mm-hmm. my expectations were so low already that I would say it probably did exceed them to an extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't. I think there are things they could could have done differently and it would yeah. have been a stronger film. But I still think. It's, it's kind of how I felt about, was it, was it It Follows? That there I were certain things in like, It Follows. I love It Follows more than I love this movie. But, well, no, definitely It Follows, I think, was, was definitely better. Um, definitely, definitely. But. Suddenly, suddenly better. Definitely. But the issue I had with It Follows was it could have been great, mm. and instead it was good. And I feel like watching this movie. Same feeling. Again, I feel like had we gone with one perspective, it could mm-hmm. have been really good, and instead it was just kind of a bit of a muddled mess. Yeah. So it was a bit. I think the main disappointment there is just that I do think there was some really good stuff to work with and it didn't get to where I think it should have been. 
Part of me wonders if it's been years since I've seen Lost in Translation, and I couldn't tell you if I've seen another Coppola film. And On the Rocks, the new one, isn't getting a lot of attention. Is it? I thought I mean, about... it's getting it's getting some negative attention. I guess oh, is I it? Say. Yeah. Because I love both it's of them, so I was. It's just getting that great. Attention. I love both of them, um, so I was going to. Because uh, it's uh, fuck. Bill Murray again, and um. Oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, starts with an R. Um. Ann Perkins? Yes, it's Ann Perkins. <laughs> Rashida Jones. Rashida. Thank you, Rashida Jones. I love both of them, so I did want to see it, but yeah. I, I, I don't think it's getting a lot of rave reviews. I haven't seen a whole lot about it. I mean, I, they've definitely been doing the interview circuit, and um, but I haven't really heard anything about well, it. Well, you just, know, Lost in Translation and Virgin Suicides got rave reviews, and I thought that they were not good, so maybe yeah. I'll enjoy this if it's not getting rave reviews. I guess... Part of me wonders if this is just the kind of filmmaking that Sofia Coppola does and that it's this. I feel like she was a little bit younger when she made it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why it's not plugging all the holes. But um, maybe she is. And, and Oh, wait, I have seen Marie Antoinette. Yeah, see, there again. I was excited about Kirsten it. Kirsten Dunst. I wasn't. Him, so. Jason Schwartzman is amazing in yeah. Marie Antoinette. And I would He's like, great, though, in yeah, everything. He is. So I guess. He's in the new se- the new season of uh, Fargo too right now. It's been too long since I've seen Marie Antoinette and since I've seen Lost in Translation, but I wonder if. But the Marie Antoinette wasn't it? Didn't it have like kind of a modern spin on it? It did. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I can't do that. They actually filmed it at that palace though. At Versailles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, but I just don't like. I don't like mixing history with like a modern twist. Oh, okay. All of those. The only one that I've ever thought was like bearable was a, a knight's tale and that's just because it was so kind of off the wall it's goofy campy anyway right because yeah. it's campy you it's can do campy. that but otherwise i oof, i hate that um but maybe her style of filmmaking does leave lots of questions and that's her intent it feels like and here again i haven't seen enough of her stuff to truly truly judge but based on but this in lost translation like yeah. it's style over substance to me oof. that's rough i don't know what to tell you she comes from a very talented family. I absolutely believe that she has a lot of talent in her. And I just don't. I haven't seen it um, executed in a way that resonates with me. Well, I guess we'll find out what you think about On the Rocks. Yeah, if and when I get to it. I'm probably going to go home and watch Higher Ground now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm making my way through Silicon Valley and I'm really enjoying myself but I could take a break from it but I feel like for some I, teen angst just I didn't realize there were so many episodes of Silicon Valley like I'm oh cr- yeah it's been on I'm for years I'm already into like season three and I'm crushing crushing yeah. episodes well they're only what 25 minutes yeah they're short so. and easy but oh it's so good it's so funny yeah. I sent you the that book it, no but... I definitely should watch it um <laughs> Yeah, now's the time. Like I said, I've I've seen bits and pieces and always thought it was funny and just never really got to it. So I should. Uh, I was also really considering. Um, Except for that prick who talks about bad about bulldogs. But he is he. That's his character. Like, that's his. That's his. That's who he I is. I hope that dog shits in his shoe. <laughs> it's just bring him back. Bring him back. Look at him. Look at him. Look at this disgusting creature. Fuck and you. And the dog's just like. <laughs> bulldogs so are the. They are babies. Brightest, bestest babies. animals in the planet. Don't listen to that, Garfield. You're if you don't like a bulldog, then you should be put to death. There, I've said it. Edith <laughs> she, has been passed. She said what she said. I said it. I'm not <laughs> taking it back. All right. Well, thank you for watching, and thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. What a world. What a world. 2020 is getting to me. Uh definitely been slacking on releasing episodes but you know what i've run out of fucks to give 
Um, you know who I do have fucks left for? I have fucks left for you. I fuck about you. I fuck around you. I fuck about you. And you know what? I would love it if you would fuck around with our Twitter. You can find us at Twitter on Twitter at Movie Virgins Pod. I would love it if you would fuck around and subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And I would love it, love it, love it if you would fuck around and uh, write us a review. I don't even care if it's like a one-star review and it just says like, fuck, or fucked around with this review, or just one star, any stars. I will take any number of stars. Um, the point is that there would be stars. So um, next week, we've got Sense and Sensibility still to let let out to you into the world. And I think for the week of Christmas, we may have some bad Santa for you. That's Lindsay's pick. She loves her some Billy Bob Thornton as Santa Claus. Has anyone seen Fat Man yet with Mel Gibson? Blah, blah. Not interested. Not interested at all. All right. Well, I hope you're surviving. I hope you're L-I-V-I-N out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. And we'll see you next time. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. Virgin's